Okay, so uh, tonight we have, uh, Brian has uh, notified, I think, in, I don't know, in the last couple of weeks that we were going to have a guest speaker uh, come in, and um, his name is, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Saul Mateo. Mateo, he is from Malawi, and uh, I'm thankful for him being here because what he's actually doing is he's bringing a report you remember a couple of years ago in our Bible conference, and we did 20,000 Chichewa New Testaments. You know, that was the first year we had the tent set up, and, and we did all kinds of stuff. We had, we had work going on here in the building. And everybody thought, 20,000? How in the world are we ever going to get 20,000 done? Well, we knocked it out. Actually, we did more than what we were scheduled to. I think we did by another 150 more approximately. But he's, he, he's, he was there at the Passion Center where Polera was at, uh, is at, and uh, they were they were the recipients of the the uh, the New Testaments that we put together and that we shipped. And what's really cool is he's bringing a report. He wanted to come to actually see where those New Testaments came from. He wanted to see the armory. He wanted to see how them how they were put together. He wanted to see how uh, the the work because we're we're looking at as I think everybody knows. Brian has mentioned this. I know. Uh, that we're we're anticipating the Old Testament to be translated for Chichewa, and then we will not just do a New Testament, we'll do a whole Bible in Chichewa language. And that he's here because he wants to encourage you in in the production of that once the translation. Uh, no, so we got a, we got several people over here. We got uh, Pastor Billy Wood from is it One Baptist Church in Georgia, uh, and then we have. Uh, Kevin and Kathy Bond, who are, I don't actually never got the name of your church. Living Word Bible Church in Lee Summit. Uh, and he's been to Malawi several times, and so they're all connected. In, in, I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, we've got Pastor Ray Stewart, who's visiting. Pastor Ray Stewart, by the way, for the men, you need to sign up for the men's conference, the men's retreat. He is, he is our main speaker. He's going he's gonna to bring the word. And so... There's Brian. Praise the Lord, Brian's here. How's your daughter? Amen. I'm thankful for that. I know you are. We are all thankful for that. But anyway, uh, so um, they wanted to come and see this and, and see what what we are doing because you know, he's told me that, what would you say, Ezekiel? One of you, somebody told me. So the, the Old Testament is up to the, to the book of Ezekiel being translated. Yes, definitely, and that's that's what two years—not even two years, really—barely two years uh, to get that to get the work translated. And so, so basically, what that means is here in probably another two years, we'll be doing Chichewa whole Bibles. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. And that's an awesome thing that God is allowing this church to be a part of translating, producing, and publicizing a Bible in a language that needed it and desperately needed it and uh, i'm not going to steal your thunder brother but you'll he'll tell you about some of the stories about just how excited people were to receive what you put together and this is a cool thing we don't get this very often we don't get to hear a report back from the person that re- or a a representative of the place where we sent the work this means a lot to me i hope it means a lot to you so he's got a presentation he's going to preach and and I'm going to let Brian cl- close it out, if that's okay. And he can do whatever he wants. So, <laughs> you know how Brian is. <laughs> I didn't mean that in that way. 
Anyway, Saul, come on up, preach to us, show, talk about what, what's going on in Malawi. All right, good evening. So this is Jody. I, I forgot to introduce Jody. <laughs> so Jody is, uh, goes to Malawi all the time. She's from um, Ohio, but when she went to Malawi the first time, the, uh, the, the African bug got in her, and that's, the, that's a good bug. So, I mean, because she just wanted to go back all the time. So yeah. me and Julie have that. We know what it's like. And so she goes all the time, and so she is part of the administration aspect of the work over there. And so she's come, and she's been a part of this. So she's she's driving the clicker. So okay, it's all yours. Cool. All right. Uh, thank you so much uh, for having us here. Um, I'm very excited. This is my first time in uh, uh, in Kansas City, but also in this church. So I'm very excited to be able to meet you guys. Uh, I've heard about this church, obviously, through the Bible projects. Uh, we've prayed for you, and uh, I'm very excited. And uh, I praise God to be able to have this opportunity to be here. Um, I'll be able to bring the Word of God, but before that, we wanted to just share a few things that we, <clears throat> uh, we are doing in Malawi, uh, where we come from. Malawi is in Africa, obviously, as uh, you know, that's uh, where we come from, we are based out of Zomba, which will be the south uh, part of Malawi. Um, we are coming from a local church uh, called Mulunguzi Community Church. It's a Baptist church. Uh, back home, we just call it Mulunguzi Community Church. We have four other churches uh, that we have planted out of our local church. And uh, through the local church, we have a ministry uh, called Passion Center, which will be able to highlight uh, uh, this uh, this evening. And so our mission as Fashion Center is to join God in rescuing, redeeming, restoring orphans, uh, the vulnerable, uh, and whole communities, and uh, reproducing the same. We have a burden uh, for those uh, that are uh, least in the communities, and primarily the orphans. Uh, when we started the Passion Center in 2005, there was a lot of death due to HIV and AIDS. At that time, a lot of orphans, and so we had people that came together and established what we call the Passion Center uh, for Children. So the vision is to be able to see all Malawians experience the grace and love of God through a Christ-centered, uh, church-based community transformation. So again, we are looking at orphans, we are looking at uh, planting churches, we are looking at uh, supporting those orphans to access education. And of course, we are, the emphasis of everything that we do is uh, the gospel. We want people to know Christ as their Savior, as their Lord, because that's, 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 that's all that matters. They can have the food, they can have the education, but if they are lost in their sin, then there's nothing for them. It's, it's hell for them. And so whatever we do uh, through the uh, Passion Center, but also through the church, is really the gospel so that uh, God will be uh, will be uh, will be glorified. Um, again, that's our mission: to join God in rescuing, redeeming, and restoring orphans, uh, the vulnerable, and their communities, and uh, reproducing uh, the same. In our church, uh, maybe before that, just Malawi. I think most of you will be familiar of Malawi. It's called the Warm Heart of Africa. 
uh, is warm in temperatures, but also the people are warm. Uh, if you come there, uh, they'll love you, they'll hug you, uh, they'll smile at you, uh, because that's what people have described Malawi uh, to be. Uh, one of the reports of the IMF, International Monetary Fund, has described Malawi, or ranked Malawi as uh, uh, in the top 10 poorest countries, among the top 10 uh, poorest countries. It used to be in the top three, and then it was moved to top 10, and there was a lot of celebration that we are no longer in the top three. Uh, we are now in the top uh, 10, but it, 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 it's pretty much no electricity. Only 11% uh, of the people are connected to electricity and uh, running water. Um, the kids that go to primary school, uh, elementary school, only about 20% uh, go to secondary school, which is high school, and only about 1% are able to go to college. So you can see there are a lot of challenges facing kids, and uh, uh, there's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of uh, a large population of orphans, uh, poor health services, education system is not functional, and uh, one of the key things about Malawi uh, is that it's targeted by the Islamic groups to be the first country in the sub-Saharan Africa to be uh, a Muslim country. So they are really pouring in a lot of resources, they're building a lot of mosques, uh, pretty much leading people astray. And so our church, uh, through all the ministers that we have, we are strengthening our churches to be able to stand for the truth. And that's why those Bibles are very uh, strategic because we are able to give out those Bibles to our people. They know the Word of God. They're growing in the Word of God. And they're able to go out in the communities to share the gospel uh, through, uh, through uh, those resources. So it's one prayer, obviously, that we need uh, you guys to help us uh, to be, so that we can have you know, the agency, uh, just like all of us should have, to go out in the villages, share the gospel, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we do that. We have several outreaches that we do in our communities. A lot of these communities will be Muslim uh, communities as well. Just this year alone, we have seen 300 people trusting Christ uh, through uh, these outreaches. There's a huge open door that we have still at the moment uh, that you can go knock at people's doors. They'll, op they'll, they'll receive you. You can stop somebody on the road. You can share the gospel and... Uh, and we're so thankful for the privilege uh, that we have. We have a discipleship ministry in our church. And then we also have a school ministry uh, where we are training men and women in our church who have been discipled. They want to grow a little bit more so that they can be effective uh, in sharing the gospel and teaching the word of God. So we have 60, 65 men and women in our church that are going through this uh, school of ministry uh, in our church. We also, as I mentioned, we are from a local church, Mulunguzi Community Church. Uh, we have been able to plant two other churches, and from those two, other ch uh, two churches, two more churches have been planted. So we're so thankful to God for using us. Usually when you plant a church, they'll start, if you can see on the left corner there on the top, they'll build a little bit of um, a grass kind of shack where they'll meet, and then we'll raise support to help them build a nicer building where they can gather and fellowship and celebrate uh, what God is doing in their life. So this is, uh, this is one of the things that we do uh, through the church to reproduce ourselves because that's what God has called us. That if you have known him, if you have grown uh, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
then we need to reproduce ourselves. And so as a church, we are reproducing ourselves in, our, uh, in our communities. One of the key ministries uh, that we do also is we call it Passion Center for Pastors, um, and that's the ministry that uh, uh, Bruce Bile Wood is, is helping us in that ministry. We have had a Bruce Kelvin come to Malawi, uh, Pastor Ray Stewart. We are training uh, 1,300 pastors from different churches across uh, five districts in Malawi, uh, pretty much discipleship training. Uh, we are teaching the same discipleship, almost the same materials that you guys have. Uh, but also training them keys of Bible study. These are men and women, uh, maybe 99.9% of them would never have been to any Bible college. They don't have the resources, they don't have the qualifications in that sense. And we are going out in these rural areas to train these men uh, and some of them women that are ministry leaders in their churches to be equipped uh, with tools that they can handle the word of God. And so the Bibles that came uh, through the project that you, ha you guys had, we were able to give out to each of the pastors a copy of the Bible, but we also gave them uh, 15, uh, we give them 20 Bibles each for their churches as well. So these are, it'll be maybe 200, over 200 churches that have been reached through the Bible project uh, that we, uh, we, are able, uh, we are able to do. We also have a key responsibility to our communities, we strongly believe uh, in what the Word of God says in James chapter 1. Uh, pure religion and, and defiled before God and the Father is to vi visit the fatherless and widows uh, in their affliction. And in the community that we come from, there are a lot of orphans, there are a lot of widows. And so we have the Passion Center for Children uh, that does a lot of outreaches and ministries in the community so that people can be cared for and supported for. I would like to ask uh, my colleague here, Jody, uh, who is our operations coordinator in the States. She lived in Malawi before, uh, uh, but at the moment she's working, supporting the ministry from this side. So I would love to have her share a little bit of some of the community ministries that we do um, uh, in, uh, in our church. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I want to share just a little bit about some of the ministries that come out of the Passion Center for Children. Um, we... we uh, really pour into orphans and widows, orphans, vulnerable children. Um, our women's ministry at Mulanguzi Community Church has a widow's ministry that they go out, and there are 75 widows out in the community that they go out regularly on a monthly basis, and they, they you know, share Jesus with the widows. They, these are widows of all religious backgrounds, all denominations, um, Muslim women, Muslim women um, Jehovah's Witnesses, and they go out and just love on them, and they will help them with their chores. They'll help them, you know, wash some dishes, help them um, do some of their laundry, and just love on them. And we also have the orphans and the vulnerable. Um, we have almost 500 children in all of our different programs right now, from infants up to college age, which is, you know, awesome to see how much these kids' lives have been blessed through the Passion Center coming in and, and just loving on them and, and giving them hope and giving them Jesus. So, we have in the bottom left-hand corner, I want to point out, we have one of our ministries is child-headed household, and that's teenagers that are raising themselves and their younger siblings. So usually I would say the average age of the head of the household is 15. So you have a 15-year-old raising the family. And in the bottom left-hand corner, we have one of our child-headed families who um, were staying in the house behind them, and when the, when the cyclone came through and it washed away 
you can see most of their house. And um, through the, the Child Headed Household Program and through the support of partners from this side, we're able to build them a house like the one on the bottom right-hand corner. So now they have you know, a metal roof over their heads so they're not getting leaked on at night when the rains come. They have a door that locks um, so it keeps them safe and, and protected. And so that's just one of the, the blessings that comes out of being, um, you know, them, them being brought into our programs. We also have a Champions Club, which is children with special needs that we um, are, they're identified out in the villages and we're able to go out and just help the guardians with, you know, the physical side of things, doing stretches and exercises with them, but also loving on the guardians, sharing Jesus with the guardians and the champs. And um, there's been so many people who have come to know the Lord through just the, the love and the care shown to them. In the, in the Malawian culture, um, if you have a child with special needs, people look at you and say, what's, you know, you've been cursed. You know, what, what did this, this family do? You know, they have this child that was born um, with, with a disability. And in one of our champions clubs, we have two champions club sites, and we just were, um, we just dedicated one and opened up a uh, um, second site this, this year. And on the walls, we have John 9, verses 2 and 3, and that's where the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, you know, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And, and that's something we preach to them is, is just that, you know, this child is fearfully and wonderfully made. This child is precious. And, and that's not, you know, that's not what they're being told by the, by the people in their community. So it's just a great open door to, to love on them, share Jesus with them. Um, in the top right-hand corner, you can't really see her that well, but um, there's a little girl in the middle of that picture, and her name's Priscilla. And when she came to the Champions program, she was unable to walk. The, our staff worked with her, and um, when we dedicated that building, this, the, the champion site this summer, um, she was able to walk up to the building and carry the tray that had the scissors for the, for the ribbon cutting ceremony. And it was just so sweet to see her mom get up and share, this is God that did this, you know, which is what we, t- what we tell them. Like, this isn't us. This isn't the Passion Center coming along. This isn't the Americans that come on the teams. This is God who is who's showing the love and, and healing your child. And um, so it was sweet to hear her testimony. In the bottom right-hand corner is a little girl named Deborah. And when she was born, she had a cleft um, palate and a double cleft lip. And um, when she was brought into our, our program, when we were made aware of her, we were able to send her to have a surgery. She's actually had a couple surgeries. But in the bottom right-hand corner, you can see, you know, what she looks like now. And um, she was unable to – she was very malnourished because she was unable to drink from a bottle because of the double cleft lip. And – um, we were able to send a bottle to her with somebody who was going to Malawi, and she, it was a special bottle that had a um, top on it that, that she was able to use. So, you know, it's just sweet to see how these kids are just being very much, um, their lives are being changed. And, and every time we go out, whether it's to, you know, take them for her surgery, whether it's to go out and work with the, do the exercises with the champions, the gospel is shared. Everything we do, whether it's treat a wound, the gospel is shared. So it's just sweet to see. Um, and, yeah, so like I said, we have kids that are, we have, we have an infant rescue program. So we have kids from newborn up through college. Um, this year we were able to open up an early childhood development center, um, and we have 100 kids who came into the program. It's, it's like a preschool. So these kids are getting a foundation before they start in first grade of, you know, not just their colors, their numbers, their, their shapes, but also, you know, that, that – um, that social foundation, being away from their parents, being in an environment with other, you know, other kids their age, 
and they're, um, they're taught that Jesus loves them. So it's just really sweet to see the kids that are coming out of that. Um, and then on the right, we have three of our college kids. Um, the, the boy there in the middle, Uheni, I just want to share a quick story about him because I got to see him a few months ago when I was in Malawi. But Uheni, I went out to visit with him, and, and he's in nursing school right now. And I said, what, what made you ever want to go into nursing? And he said, you know, I wanted to go into nursing because he had lost both of his parents. And he said, when my dad died, he received very poor medical care. And I don't want somebody else to have to go through that. So if I can be trained and help somebody else, you know, if I can help prevent them from going through this heartache, that's what I want to do. And so it's sweet. Um, he's, he's going to a nursing college right now, and he's very involved in a, in a club that goes out and ministers to seniors. And they go out and they do Bible studies with them, and they share, they teach them how to pray and, um, and how to trust God as their Savior. So that's, that's sweet. We also have the Community Health Network. Um, we have... 130 volunteers that minister to 160 villages in Malawi, and those volunteers are trained up. They come to the Passion Center every month um, for a meeting. Half the meeting is spent teaching them about wound care and, you know, basic first aid, and then the other half of the meeting is spent doing discipleship with them. So we, you know, we can't expect our volunteers to go out and, and lead somebody to Christ and share the gospel with them if they don't know it. So um, we take them through to discipleship. We, we you know, um, try to make sure that they're all saved and that they're all growing in their walks if they're going to be going out. Um, so that way when they do go out and they're, you know, kneeling down, cleaning somebody's wound, they can, they can look into the eyes of the person who they're helping and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. And so um, that's just very sweet. So helping to make a difference. Um, you know, what can you do? You can pray. Everybody can pray. And we know the power of prayer and we know how huge it is. And so just be praying for the ministries of the Passion Center and the, you know, the Passion Center for Pastors, which is going out and training up these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of pastors that are going into their, their communities. Um, sponsorship. We have, um, we have kids in all of our different ministries that are available for sponsorship. And um, everything from, you know, infants and champs to passion kids to college kids and and so all of our kids are in a sponsorship program. And what makes our, our sponsorship program a little different than some others is that when you go online to sponsor a child, you are the only one that's that child's sponsor. So I sponsor a little girl named Shamila. I'm, you know, I'm the only one sponsoring her. I can go on the website and I can send messages to her. And then on the Malawi side, they print those off and they take them to her and share the message with her. And then she can send a message back to me. I can send her pictures of, of my family and and so I just love that, you know, it's building those relationships. It's, it's being able to tell that child, I'm praying for you. As we've been traveling around the states, it's been sweet to see, you know, some of these families that, that sponsor a child, and they have a picture of the child on the wall, and they said, every night we pray for this child, and, and they're part of our family. And, and so it's, you know, building those relationships, and, and what an encouragement it is for me when I'm on the ground in Malawi, and I get to see these kids, and I say, you know, so-and-so is praying for you. You have somebody back in America who loves you, who's praying for you, who, you know, wants you to know Jesus like they know Jesus. So just very sweet. Um, and then, yeah, mission trips. We send, three times a year, we send mission teams. And, and you know, I've been talking to some others um, the last couple days about, you know, what those, what those trips entail. And it's all about building relationships, you know, going, loving on the kids, but also loving on the staff and, and building them up and supporting them and encouraging them and um, it's just very sweet to to go and, um, yeah, invest in the kingdom through going and loving on these kids and 
So um, I'm going to let my Abusa come up and finish talking about a couple of these. <laughs> oh, again, uh, you can be involved. I know you're already involved, so we are so thankful to you guys for the investment that you have made. Uh, all, almost all the kids that we have in the program, they have been able to access the Bibles, uh, and all the, as I said, all the pastors in the Passion Center for, uh, for Pastors that receive these Bibles for themselves, uh, they, have been, they have received some Bibles for their churches. Uh, all the members in our, all our five churches, each member has received a Bible, those CGR Bibles that you guys, uh, again, our, our desire and our prayer is that men and women who got to know the Word of God, um, you know, it's so cool when we show them, you know, because the Bible that we used to have um, was translated from a different kind of Bible. Some of the verses are missing. A lot of the verses are not, you know, written in a way that the Bible says so. And so when we give these Bibles, we don't just distribute, we explain why we are giving them these new Bibles, show them some of the verses that are missing in the other Bible, show them how some of the verses are not translated correctly, uh, and in the process, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, teaching something which is not true about the Word of God. So it is a huge uh, a blessing uh, that we are able to uh, have these Bibles in our hands, it is the word of God. The Bible says every word of God is pure, and we show them uh, from this Bible. So we are so thankful. And again, you can be involved even more through uh, these ways. Uh, you can come uh, through those mission trips. Uh, you can actually come and stay even longer if you feel late. God is calling you. He stayed in Malawi for a year and a half. We have a nurse from Ohio uh, who said, I want to come and serve for a year. So she's staying at the Passion Center, serving through our church, you know, in all the ministries. So there's so many uh, different ways, and I um, uh, would love to see you if you're able to come to Malawi. Um, this is a formal invitation to you all, even to Pastor Brian, uh, who would love to see you in Malawi. Uh, come and uh, serve with us. We're so uh, blessed to be able to have you. I will be blessed to, be, to have you in Malawi. All right. I will ask Pastor Billy uh, if you can just come up for a pray before we, uh, uh, if you have anything to say before we get into the Word of God. I, uh, I'm so grateful to be here at Heartland. Uh, Heartland. Uh, I'm thrilled about that. The pastor from another church just laughed out loud because I didn't say his church's name. I wasn't at his church, so I'm thankful for Heartland Baptist Fellowship. For real, I have I have prayed for this church. Uh, I mean, when stuff got broken into here before and 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 stolen, I prayed for y'all. Then when y'all have VBSs, I prayed for you. When you've had your time that you were putting the Bibles together, your conferences, you know, there is some good you can get from Facebook. Right? We know the bad, but there is some good that you can get. And when I see those videos come up, I really do look at them. I really do pray. Uh, I knew about. Uh, Brian's daughter and, and what she's going through. And I'm thankful. That's one of the special things about the body of Christ, right, is that we can be connected and our spirits can bear witness one uh, to another. Uh, look, I, I got on the African shirt because I'm, I'm hanging with my African. And, and uh, I, 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 I do get to go over there. Um, I have a role that I play over there. Many of you would know uh, Mark Trotter. Uh, you guys would know that name, right? And so um, I was privileged. He was my mentor in the Word of God. Uh, privilege to serve with him here in the states and then when he went to heaven um uh saul and palera 
uh, asked if I would come alongside and take the role that he had when he was over there, the hosting of the teams, the training of the pastors, coordinating of those things. And it's what I do, uh, which that's really moot, though, what we do. We come in and we compliment. These guys are, uh, when I say these guys, uh, Saul, uh, Abusa Plera. Plera has preached here before. Many of y'all may remember him. And he says, by the way, to tell you hello. Uh, uh, he is, he's, he's, he's either on the way to LAX or something like that right now, but he is headed back to go see his wife. Uh, so uh, back in Africa. But anyway, I, I wanted to just thank y'all. This night came about by, by truly I was. Uh, so these guys are, these are just, these, these are not missionaries. They're, they're national pastors who just believe this book and believe it's the book of the whole world and that you can put it into practice, that we're responsible, that we need to be stewards of what it tells us and, and, and consider it if it was only us, we're going to give an account of the judgment seat of Christ for it. And, and I would say there's a lot of American pastors that need to get on a plane and go down there with us and let them show us. Y'all, y'all, know, y'all ever heard the little skew people can have about nationals? All oh, their nationals, you know, and they, they put them in a category as if, you know, they can't know everything we know. It's third world for a reason. Uh, that stuff bothers me uh, because, it, first of all, it's, <laughs> uh, God is no respecter of persons. But second of all, uh, because I'm telling you, I, I'm never more convicted than when I come from the field and seeing them put this into place and things I need to bring back to my church. And so I just thought it was worthy of me saying these are national. They don't have a missionary that comes home on furlough and gets to represent them. There's not a guy that lives down there on six grand a year, uh, a month, and takes in their support and to, to help them. My church supports a lot. I'm a local pastor uh, uh, in Georgia. I'm a local church pastor in Georgia, but but and we've planted other churches in Florida and North Carolina. But 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 so so I'm all about the the Bible says the field is the world. So I haven't stopped supporting other missionaries who do it that way to support this. That's not a, we're not competing fields, right? I mean the, the field is the world, but it is worthy of saying that this is unique in the sense that that um, they don't have a voice here. Quite frankly, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to try to be a voice for them wherever I go and whenever I go preach. I'm going to try to to just reach out and bring this out uh, all the way to even offering our church uh, for people to give right who are used to giving it to mission boards or whatever. You can write a check to our church and our 501c3 and your 501c3 and we can we'll give you accountability. However, I can help them. And if all of us, what if God, what if the God of the universe just thought that what we would think is that the field is the world and that some over here may have laborers and over here some may have funds and surely we will work like the body of Christ together for the glory of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ amen all right and I'm not the one preaching I'm just supposed to pray but but nonetheless what if God thought we would take his word like that and work together and not say well they should take care of this and we should no no, we're all going to be responsible, and we're going to be responsible for how we cooperate as well. And so I want to thank this church because that is your testimony. And I'm trying to say that you are already that example, and you've been that for me. I, I was thinking today when I was out, uh, we, we toured the armory, you know. Uh, and, and, and let me say, uh, that was what I, I just called your pastor and said, hey, you know, I've got these guys. I've had them for about two and a half weeks. They came here for a wedding. And, and I'm like, oh, while well, I got you here, let me bring you around to some people who I know to try to just get you in front of people. And so we have been on a whirlwind tour, and I get to see my own wife tomorrow. And I'm excited about that. But nonetheless, 
uh, this is our last stop, uh, my last stop with him. And, 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 but I just called your pastor and said, hey, th- we, we, they're going to be in uh, Ray's, and, and Kevin's, can, can we just take you to lunch and just think, I would love to bring him and just let him see where these Bibles have been put together. And I know maybe it's old hat to y'all now because that's y'all's thing back here, and this is what you do. But I'm telling you, I have put my eyes on the impact that those Bibles are making in people's lives. The Word of God is still quick and powerful. Amen? Uh, it still does everything that Hebrews 4.12 tells us that it does. And it is all things are still naked unto the eyes of that thing right there in uh, Hebrews 4.13. So we're thankful for that. I thought about this Bible verse when I was sitting over there, not knowing that I was going. He leaned over and said, would you come up? In Romans chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. I've not consulted the whole world, uh, and I know maybe you've not reached all the old world. I've, I've asked him, but, but let me say, from the world of Malawi, okay, your faith is spoken of. And, and can we can just compare some scripture to scripture for a minute? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the the word of God and you guys you this church your burden your passion you're getting behind these pastors for this you (laughs) have helped produce the word of God in people's hands for them to be able to tangibly have it you embrace that brother I remember you pulling me and Mark in that room down there and saying this is possible I was there at that moment and just to see it y'all and to see where it's going to go now so I praise the Lord that listen the, the spoken of talking about spoken of the word of God is being spoken and somewhere, it's got the handprints of Heartland Baptist Fellowship on it. Don't ever get over the impact you're making. And let maybe this way fuel for you when the devil wants to thank you, make you think it's not worth it. Let's do pray. Father, thank you for this church, its testimony, its pastors, its people. Thank you for the common bond that they have around the Word of God, for, for them implementing it and doing uh, what your word says, we rejoice in that. Now, tonight, we look forward to hearing from our Abusa, uh, from Malawi. I pray you use him. May he be an encouragement to this, to all of us who are under your word right now. May you use him and just relax his spirit. Let him just preach. We're your people who need to be uh, reminded in any area, convicted in any area, challenged in any area, and grown in any area that we lack right now. So use him uh, tonight. May we be better because we came together. Again, thank you for the testimony of this church, and thank you for the privilege to stand here and tell them that in Jesus' name. We all say together, preach, man. Amen. All right. Uh, good evening once again. Um, I'm very excited uh, once more to be uh, with you guys in this church, um, and we'll go into uh, reading the Word of God, and we'll be reading from First uh, Timothy uh, uh, chapter 1, uh, from verse 11 to verse 17, and I've titled my message, uh, A Call uh, to be Faithful Stewards of the Gospel. A Call to be Faithful Stewards uh, of the Gospel. And again, the passage is First Timothy chapter 1, we'll read from verse 11 to verse Number uh, 17, I'll read um, in my Bible, Uh, you can follow uh, in your Bibles. Verse number 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into uh, the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor 
and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How bad for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them that should thereafter believe in, uh, on him to life everlasting. And verse number 17, now unto the king of uh, king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So that's our passage uh, this evening, and uh, we know uh, this is Paul uh, who is writing to a young man uh, named Timothy. Uh, Paul is more like a discipler to this young man. He's writing these letters to encourage him so that he can stand for the truth. He calls Timothy, my son, in the faith. If you go back to verse number two, he, he, there's a deep and personal relationship that Tim, uh, Paul has uh, with this young man, uh, Timothy. And then he tells him in the context of the church that these guys are, that they're teachers, they're people that have come out to teach something which is contrary to the true uh, doctrine. He says in verse number three that I left you in this area so that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Because there's, no, there's one true doctrine of the word of God. And there are men that have come out in this church that are teaching something different. They are teaching what Paul describes as, you know, endless genealogies. They are teaching things that have no power to save people. And so Paul is telling young, this young man, Timothy, to say, I want you to be able to stand for this sound doctrine so that no man should teach any other things. He says in verse number 10, uh, he, says, uh, for there are, he says, for if there be any other thing, that is contrary to sound doctrine. I want you to stand against those. I want you to stand against those who teach anything else other than the true and sound doctrine. Now, we see from where we have read this evening from verse number 11, Paul tells this, uh, this young man, he says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So Paul tells this young man, Paul tells Timothy, that the gospel has been committed to me. In the ministry that I am, it is the gospel. It is God who has committed me uh, with this glorious gospel because it is the power of God uh, unto salvation for mankind. And Paul says, having known our Lord Jesus Christ, having trusted this gospel, the gospel was committed to my trust. And this is why I'm picking up this theme about being stewards of the gospel. Because if something has been committed to you, then you are a steward of that which has been committed to you. Paul says, I'm a steward of the gospel because the gospel has been committed to me. I trusted this gospel, and then God himself, in, in, his, in his own mercy, he has committed this to my trust. Those of us that have trusted Christ, if you have trusted Christ, if you believed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe uh, in him for your salvation, then the gospel has been committed to your trust. You are a steward of the gospel. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1, he says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ 
and stewards of the mysteries of God. He says, the gospel has been committed to us. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 17, For if I do this thing willingly, I have reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. Paul says, Paul understands that the gospel has been given to him on trust. God could choose to use angels. God could choose to do whatever, however he wants to save people or however he wants to communicate to people, but he has chosen to entrust it to us, those of us that know him. We are stewards of the gospel. We are stewards of the gospel. Now, there are several things that I would like to share from uh, from this passage, and uh, if you go back uh, again to verse number 12, the first thing that we, we see from this passage is that it is a privilege to be stewards of the gospel. That's how Paul understands this huge responsibility that God has given him. He understands this responsibility as a privilege. That's why in verse number 12, he says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He's thanking Christ Jesus for entrusting him with the gospel. He understands that it is a privilege that God can even choose Paul, that God can choose us to entrust us with this gospel. He understands that it is a privilege because, again, God doesn't need us to accomplish his plan, but yet he has chosen us and he wants to use us to be the ones that go out and preach this good news to the lost world. Paul understands that it is a privilege. That's why he says, I'm so thankful to Christ that he has counted me, he has enabled me, and he has counted me faithful, and he has put me into ministry. Being stewards of the gospel, it obviously means we have responsibility to preach this gospel. But it is a privilege, brothers and sisters, that God can even use us to be the ones who go and preach this good news. It is a privilege. Of course, we know from the word of God that it is a commission, (laughs) It is an obligation that God has given us. Mark chapter 15, verse number 5, Jesus tells his disciples, and he tells all of us, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is a commission. It is a, it's a command. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you are commissioned to go and preach the gospel. Paul understands this uh, commission. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 16, he says, for though I preach the gospel... I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, war is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So Paul understands that it is a command from our Lord Jesus Christ, from our master. It is a commission, and although he understands that it is a command, although he understands that it is, a, it is, a, it is something, it is a necessity, it is an obligation, Paul is saying, I'm so thankful to Christ for entrusting me with the gospel. He understands that it is a privilege. There's a huge difference between if somebody understands the gospel only as a commission and somebody else who understands it as a privilege. Those two things are different. Because you can go out there grumbling, sharing the gospel. You can go out there with no excitement, with no joy. You can go out there dreading to preach the gospel. And you can be frustrated. You can find excuses not to preach the gospel. 
only when you understand it as a privilege, you'll be excited to go out and share the gospel. You'll be looking forward for opportunities to share the gospel because you understand that you have been entrusted and you understand that it is a privilege for you to be able to do that. Brothers and sisters, the gospel is the most exciting news that ever existed in this world. And God has entrusted us to be the ones who take this exciting news and take it to those who need to hear this news. It is a privilege. It is a privilege that God can even send us to be the ones who go and preach the gospel. You know, there are so many news that we get excited to share about in our lives. We get excited. I've learned this in, in America. We get excited about football. We, we, I was so privileged just, when was that, on Monday, to be able to go and see the game, uh, Chiefs versus, what was the other team? I was there, but I was very excited to be. <laughs> my brother there, Ray Stewart, took me to see this game. It was my first football to be able to see, the first time to be in the stadium. So I was very excited, but I, I could see even from several places that we had been to before, even the day of the game, People are very excited to talk about this game, about this football. It is exciting news. We get excited to talk about our weddings. If some people have weddings, they will be telling everyone the whole town. They will be knocking at neighbors' houses to tell them about this wedding. We get excited to talk about the baby who is coming, about our grandchildren, about so many things. And yet, if there's one news that we are not that excited, is to share the gospel. Paul says... I'm, I'm thankful to Christ that he has enabled me and he has entrusted me with this gospel. It is a privilege. And if you understand it as a privilege, brothers and sisters, it will be something that you want to share. You don't want to sit on this news. You don't want to hide this news. You want to tell everyone about our Lord Jesus Christ who came from heaven, died on the cross. The Bible says he was buried and on the third day he rose those who have trusted in our Lord Jesus Christ, they have life. And that's the news we get to share with those that are lost. But again, you need to understand that it is a, it is a stewardship that has been given to us. It's, it is committed on us. Uh, it is committed to us on trust. If, if, if you understand how the, 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 the trust fund works, there's a, there's a trustee. There's a grantor, and then there's a beneficiary. The one in the middle, he doesn't own the funds. He doesn't own the assets. He's just been entrusted. He is accountable to the one who has called him and entrusted him. Now, one thing that we see, Paul says in, in, in this verse again, that I'm so thankful to our Lord Jesus Christ, who has enabled me, and he has counted me faithful. Brothers and sisters, again, we have been committed the gospel has been committed to us. If you know our Lord Jesus Christ, if you have trusted him, then there's a call that has come upon your life. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a bishop. You don't need to be a missionary. You just need to be somebody who knows the Lord. And you know there's a calling that has been given. And the call is that God has entrusted us with this treasure in our hands. We get to be the people that go out and share this wonderful news to the lost sin out there for them to know Christ. But God says in this passage, and that's what we, we, we want to pick as our next point, that God uses faithful stewards in the gospel work. It's not enough to know that you are a steward. 
God is expecting us or he uses those that are faithful. Paul says in the same verse in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful. Now, as you go through scriptures, you will see something huge about, about being faithful, especially when it comes to being stewards. That's what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2. He says, St. Paul says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. If you are a steward, then it is required that you become faithful. If you are a steward and then you don't do what you're supposed to do, then you're not faithful in the work that God has given you. And that's why Paul says, if you're a steward, if you understand that you're a steward, then it is required that you be found faithful. God is looking and is ready to use faithful men and women in the gospel work. That verse does not say it is required for stewards to be experts. That verse does not say it is required in stewards to be professors or to be pastors or to be missionaries. It, is say, it says that it is required in stewards to be found faithful because stewards are supposed to be faithful. And that's what God is looking for us. God does not, God does not necessarily want all the qualifications. God gives, qualifies us. That's what Paul says. He has enabled me and he has counted me a faithful. God calls us when we are available, and then he qualifies us to be, the, to be the expert in that area to do the work that God has called us. This is why Paul is telling Timothy again in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to see this, because there's something about being faithful that God requires in us that have been found to be, uh, that has been called to be stewards. First, two, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 2, this is what Paul says, and the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to who? To faithful men who shall be able to teach others. It's very specific. These things that we have heard from me among many witnesses, I want you to commit them, not to just any other person, to those that are faithful. Because those that are faithful, when they are learning, when they have learned whatever they have learned, they will be able to go and teach others. That's what faithful men do. Faithful men are obedient. Faithful men are committed to the word of God. Faithful men are committed to the work of the gospel. They don't do it halfway. They do it all the way. That's faithful men. When they start, they want to complete the work that God has given them. Faithful men, they take the gospel the way it is. They don't sugarcoat it. They take it the way it is and present it to those who need to hear the gospel. Those are faithful men. And that's why Paul is telling Timothy, I want you to take this gospel to those who shall be faithful. Faithful people, no time is short. Faithful people, they are available to be used of God. Faithful people, again, they don't need to know too much. They just need to be available and they need to be there so that God can use them. Now, I'll be sad to say this. There are so many people that have known the Lord for many years, but they are not faithful when it comes to sharing the gospel. There are so many people in our churches today back in Malawi, and I'm sure the same here, people that have stayed in the church for many years, but they're not faithful. They're not doing the work that God has called them to do in their life. They're not sharing the gospel. When you're faithful, you don't give up even when it gets tough, because it gets tough in the process. 
it gets tough. And you, that's why you see people, they'll start well, and then over the years, they are nowhere to be seen. They come to church the first Sunday, the first two Sundays. I want to be a member. After two, three months, they are nowhere to be seen. They are not faithful. They start discipleship, the first meeting, the second meeting, the fourth meeting, and then by the time you go to the fifth meeting, lesson number four, they are nowhere to be seen. They are not faithful. God uses faithful men and women, people that are willing to be used of God, people that are obedient to do the, what, that which God has called them. And that's what God is calling us, brothers and sisters. We understand that we are stewards, but I want you to see what the Bible says, that we are to be faithful stewards. That which God has committed unto us, we need to be faithful with it. We need to be excited with it. We need to do exactly that what God has called us to do. If you remember that, that story in Matthew chapter 25, that master who had three servants, remember the story? He had gone away, given them talents. That's what the Bible calls them. And then he comes back. There's a time to account because that's one thing about being stewards. If you are a steward, then you know there's a day that you are going to account to the one who committed you whatever you have. And that's the truth about all of us. If you have known Christ and God says he has entrusted us with the gospel, then we know there's a day we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we shall account. And so in that story in Matthew 25, you remember the, there was that, those two brothers who were faithful, who invested in what God gave them, uh, who, who invested what the master gave them. And uh, this is what the master says in Matthew 25. He says, well done, thou good and what? Faithful servants. That's all that matters. At the judgment seat of Christ, the question would not necessarily be how many people came to the Lord because you preached them. Of course, there's a crown. The Bible says there are crowns we shall receive. But the question is, were you faithful in the work that God has given you? Because you, you can be faithful and people don't, people don't necessarily come to Christ. And so you're not necessarily preaching for results because sometimes that's what frustrates people. You, if you go out and share the gospel to your neighbor, you go out in your school, you go out to work, you, you can be frustrated if you preach the gospel because you're looking for results. You, you, you leave the results to God. He's the one who saves people. You're not the savior. Your core is to be faithful to be able to share this gospel. When you're faithful, the results follow. Again, if you preach for the results, who can become frustrated? There will be pride. And that's not the calling that God has given us. God is calling us as stewards of the gospel that we become faithful. We are obedient. We are available to do it. We are not sitting on this, on this good news. We are telling everyone. If you're in school, you are telling all your friends at school. If you're working, if you have a boss who does not know the Lord, you are going out there to share the gospel. That's what faithfulness means. You don't just shut down. You don't talk just about football. You don't just talk about all the other things that you like to talk about. You can open your mouth and witness Christ to those that are around you. That's what faithful men do. And of course, the Bible says in Luke chapter 16, verse number 10, it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust is the least, uh, in the least is unjust also in much. I want you to understand one thing about being faithful. 
you have to start with the small things that God has entrusted you with. Because the Bible calls the gospel true riches. If you go to the next verse, verse number 11, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust true riches? This is, God calls this true riches. And God says, if you are not faithful in the small things, in the mammoth, in the things of this world, then God will not entrust you with these true riches. There are men and women that are not faithful at home. There are men and women that are not faithful at work. There are men and women who are not faithful with the money that God gives them. There are men and women that are not faithful in their relationships. There are men and women that are not faithful in their marriages. There are men and women that are not faithful coming to church. There are men and women that are not faithful cleaning the toilets. There are men and women that are not faithful in serving in the music team. And God says, if you cannot be faithful in these things, then he cannot entrust you with the true riches. You need to start where you are to be faithful. If you, again, if you're in the music team, be faithful. If you start at 10, be here at, at, at 10 minutes before 10 or 30 minutes before 10. Be available. Be available to clean the toilets. Be available to serve. Come to your pastor. What can I do? There are people who come and sit in the church. They're not faithful. They come whenever they wish to come. When you call them, they're not available when it comes to the things of the Lord. And some of them, they'll come, you know, I want to be a missionary. You cannot be a missionary if you're not faithful in, in, in cleaning in the church. Start where you are. Be faithful in small things, and God will entrust you in bigger things. Again, there are so many people that I know, they know the Lord. They have been in the church for many years, but they are not faithful. And no wonder the gospel is not preached. The gospel is not taken to the places that it needs to go because men and women, many men and women are not faithful with stewards of the gospel. May we be faithful, brothers and sisters, so that when we shall appear before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, he can say those sweet words, good and faithful servants. You are faithful. I committed you unto you the gospel. You were faithful. You are obedient. You went around Kansas City. You went around America. You went around the world. You went around Africa to preach the gospel. Those, that's what it means to be faithful. God is calling us that we become faithful. Now we see also from this passage, number three, that's the, the, our third point, that the gospel is entrusted to those who are transformed by it. The gospel is entrusted by those who are transformed by it. One important truth we see from this passage uh, that Paul says or Paul mentions is the fact that he, the same gospel that has been committed to him is the same gospel that changed his life. He says in verse number 12, going back to verse number 12, uh, he says, and I thank Christ Jesus, O Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And verse 13 says this, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. So Paul says, this is who I was before I met Christ. This is, this, this is who I was before the gospel changed my life. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. We know the story of Paul. He was the one going around persecuting the church. He rejected Christ. He was the one, actually, he met our Lord Jesus Christ on the way 
to Damascus to persecute the church. And he says, I know what the gospel can do. Because I was this. I was a blasphemer before I met our Lord Jesus Christ. He changed my life. And that's why he says, I'm so thankful that even though I was this, I have been changed by his mercy. And then he commits the same gospel so that I can go and preach it. But he was changed by this gospel. He says in verse number 14, he says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He knows where he's coming from. He knows the power of the gospel. He's able to tell people that this is who I was before I know Christ, and he can change your life. That's why he says in verse number 15, this is a faithful saying, and where the war acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. He says if there was a, the most seniest man, if there's that word in the world, the chief sinner, then it is me. And yet, the gospel changed my life. Paul experienced this grace personally. He had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not just speaking from reading. He's not just speaking from hearing about the gospel. It is something that he has experienced at the personal level. And he says, I know what the gospel can do. I know that the gospel can change somebody. It changed me. And he's a testimony of the power of the gospel. You know, when you are not saved, maybe it's difficult to tell others about Christ. They say that you cannot give what you do not have. You can pretend, but there's no spirit of God. It is until when you have met Christ yourself, when you have experienced this grace yourself at a personal level, that you'll be excited to go out and share this good news. And again, you don't need to be an expert to be the one who goes, because what you do is go, even before you know too much of everything in the Bible, you can tell somebody that this is who I was before I met Christ. He changed my life. He can change your life. You remember that story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? The Bible says, when this woman met our Lord Jesus Christ at the well, she discovered that this is the Christ. The Bible says she left her water pot and ran back to her village, told everyone, and the message was simple, come and meet Christ. I have met him. He has changed my life. I know he is the Christ. And the Bible says, if you go back to John chapter 4, the Bible says that the many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the testimony of that woman. The message she was sharing in the village was come. Because she's not the one saving anyone. She's pointing people to Christ. And that's the call that God has given us, brothers and sisters. You just need to meet him. You just need to know the Lord. And I, I will not be surprised that the reason why many people don't go out and share the gospel, maybe they have no personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the church can try to force us. But if you truly are not saved, then again, it might be the reason why you don't go and share this gospel. This woman did need to go to Bible college first. She left her port there and ran, telling everyone, I've met Christ. Come. And many people came. They believed in our Lord Jesus Christ. You remember there was that blind man in John chapter 9. We, we referenced that story. This man was born blind, and people are questioning who sinned between him and his parents. Jesus said, Neither have sinned. It is for the works of God to be manifested. But we remember 
the Pharisees, they did not believe our Lord Jesus Christ. And so they kept coming because Jesus had healed this man on the Sabbath day. And so they are questioning this Jesus. What kind of Jesus? If he says he's from God, how can you break the Sabbath? And so people are coming to this man who was born blind and has been healed. They're telling this man, the one who healed you is a sinner. You remember what he responded? He said, whether he was a sinner or not, I don't care. One thing that I know is that I was blind, but now I can see. Hallelujah. He's very excited about what God has done. He cannot know everything about this man. And that's not what God is calling us to do. We need to grow in our personal life. We need to grow even as we get disciples. We need to know as much. We need to learn. If you're able to go to Bible college, go. But the call that God has given us, even at that personal level, you can witness Christ from what Christ has done in your life. This man says, I don't know about, you know, people will come and ask you questions. You know, the Bible says this here, there's contradictions. You meet Muslims out there. There are so many people that are philosophical, people that can ask you questions about the Bible, which you don't know the answer. You can tell them, I don't know the answer to that question. But one thing I know is that I was a sinner and Christ saved my life. He can change your life. That's what faithful men do. You can go and share the gospel, even if you don't know everything. You can tell, give, give that person your pastor's number. Call this man, he will answer that question. One thing that I know is that I was a sinner, I was lost. I was on my way to hell, but I met Christ. By his grace and mercy, I trusted him, and he changed my life. He can change your life. Brothers and sisters, this is the call that God has given us. That after we have known him, after we have met him, after we have encountered our Lord Jesus Christ, we can run and tell everyone. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. He knows it from his own personal life. I don't know how it looks in other people, but I know in my own life, Christ changed my life. You have the good news to share to those who are lost. Again, if you have not trusted our Lord Jesus Christ, you can pretend to go and share this. You can try, but it has no power because there's no spirit of God. Until you have a personal encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ, then you have this call upon your life. And you're excited to share. I love this woman who left her port there, just ran the whole village. Tell everyone, come and meet this Jesus. He will save your life. That's the calling that God has given in our life. When people see the change that the gospel can do in a person's life, in our lives, then people are attracted to our Lord Jesus Christ. People come. I love, if you remember that story in John chapter 4, many of them came, met our Lord Jesus Christ, trusted him, and then they told this woman, they said, we actually are saved not because of you, but because we met him, which is the truth. To say we are saved not because of anything about this woman, but simply because they met our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Savior of this world. And that's the good news that we have. To tell people this world is lost in whatever sin that you are in, whether you're a murderer, whether you're a prostitute like this woman, if you meet our Lord Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in him alone, you shall be saved. That's the good news that we have. And God is calling us, brothers and sisters, as stewards of the good news And God is calling us to be faithful with this good news. We need to take it to those who need it. And I know there are a lot of people around us who need to hear the gospel. 
we need to be faithful to share this gospel. And when we share this gospel, number four, the last point, is that gospel work is all for the glory of God. Gospel work is all for the glory of God. I like how Paul finishes this portion of scripture, verse number 17, because he says, after saying all these things, verse 17, he says, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, all honor and glory goes to this God who is the only wise God. You know, God is the one who saves man. It is his gospel. It is him who sends us to go and preach this gospel. It is him who entrusts this gospel to us. When people get saved, when you go out there and share the gospel, people get saved. They come into his kingdom. The more people come to Christ, the more God receives the glory. So it's not about us. It's not about this Samaritan woman. It's not about us who go out and share the gospel. It is about God receiving the honor and the glory that he deserves. The gospel ministry and all ministries for that matter in our church, in our, in our, in our lives, it is about bringing God the maximum glory that his name deserves. You know, there's a, there's a big temptation sometimes when God chooses to use us in a mighty way. If you go out and preach the gospel, 100 people come to Christ. It's, very, it's a big temptation to begin to want to share this glory of God, to begin to praise ourselves, to begin to feel like, yes, we know how to do it. But you did remember that this is, this is not our gospel. It is his gospel. And as Paul says, it is him who has enabled us to be able to preach the gospel. The more people come to Christ, the more his name must receive all the glory and all the praise that deserves his name. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, uh, verse number 11, uh, this is what Paul says, Wherefore God also have highly exalted him, he's talking about Christ, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And verse 11 it says, And that every time should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of whom? To the glory of the church? To the glory of the pastor? To the glory of the missionaries? No, to the glory of the God who is the Father. It is all about his glory. And if there's one thing that glorifies God the more, is more people coming into his kingdom. The more people come to know Christ, the more people come to confess Christ, the more people are growing in his faith, the more God receives the glory and the praise to his name. The Bible says, whatever we do in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you are to do it to the glory of God. This is the core, brothers and sisters, that God has called us to be stewards of the gospel. But not just to be stewards, to be faithful stewards of the gospel. And maybe the question for you tonight is this. How are you faithful in, in, in this gospel? Are you faithful in sharing the gospel with those that are lost around you? When was the last time that you shared the gospel with somebody else? And when you, if you did recently, how do you feel when you do that? Are you excited like Paul says? Are you thankful to God that God has entrusted you? Are you thankful? Do you count it as a privilege that you get to be the one who go and share the gospel? Or maybe it's a torture 
when they say, let's go out and share the gospel, you are dreading it. It's like a torture to go out. Are you faithful in this work? And are you willing to make the sacrifice that comes with that? Because if you are steward of the gospel, <laughs> there's a sacrifice. It costs time. It costs comfort. It costs money sometimes for you to travel to come to Malawi. <laughs> it's money that is involved. Are you willing to be faithful, even with the resources that God has given you, to use it so that many people can hear the gospel? Are you, are you willing to be used of God? Are you available to take this responsibility seriously as stewards of the gospel? Again, when we shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ, these are the sweet words that we all should desire to hear. Good and faithful stewards. God has entrusted us, of course, with so many things. He has entrusted us with family. He has entrusted us with money. If you have a job, God has entrusted that to you. But above all, God has entrusted us with this book, with the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, which Paul says it is a power unto salvation. The question is, are we faithful in sharing this good news? And maybe tonight we can make a commitment before God that, Lord, I want to be faithful. From today, I want to be faithful. Yes, I've shared the gospel here and there whenever I'm free, whenever it's convenient to me. I'm not faithful. I want to be faithful. Maybe that's a prayer for you tonight, that we can pray that God gives you the grace, enables you, as Paul says, to be faithful. But again, as I said, maybe you are sitting here you do not know Christ. You're not saved. Maybe that's the starting point for you. You need to start from there. Give your life to Christ. Because again, you cannot share what you do not have. So you cannot talk about being faithful. The first place is for you to give your life to Christ and ask God to use you to share the gospel that are around us. There are many people that are lost around us. There are people in schools and I, I was sharing this with my brother and sister earlier on. There are so many opportunities that we have to share the gospel around us. In Malawi, you can go on every door. You can knock at every doors, at, at the people's doors. They will probably receive you. Some may reject you, but there's still an open door that we have. And I'm sure it's the same here. It might be tough here a little bit, but there's still open opportunities. And uh, this open door, you never know when it shall close, because open doors, they, ne they, they never always stay open. While we have these open doors, let's be faithful with this book. Let's be faithful with the gospel. God bless you. Testing, testing. There we go. 
Small victories. All right. Hey, brother. I uh, Abusa Saul. I, it's my uh, privilege to be able to meet you. Sorry I wasn't here earlier, but I'm glad you've been able to come and be with us tonight. And so you guys enjoy that message. Man, praise the Lord. We appreciate you coming. Amen. And, uh, and so, uh, man, what a good opportunity for us just to continue to live uh, the vision of getting the gospel where it needs to go on time. Uh, I want to thank uh, Pastor Randy for jumping in tonight and, uh, and just kind of helping receive everybody. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Billy Wood. Man, thanks for calling me and getting this connected. Appreciate you, brother. And, uh, and uh, we'll visit here after the fact, but I just appreciate everything that God's doing. This is a big lift. As you guys can see, um, I want to thank Pastor uh, Kevin Bond and Kathy. Thank you for being here tonight. And I, I don't know if you guys got recognized properly, but uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, this brother, he's they're pastoring in Lee Summit. And uh, when I was a baby Christian, I just these were my big. They're not that much older than me, but they were they were my big brothers and sisters. And uh, I went, yeah, yeah. They're just it's all relative. Uh, anyway, I was only twelve, so. Uh, Amy and I got married young, but uh, no, it, they were just, I just really appreciate you guys being here, and, and uh, he's been a faithful man, missionaries to Australia, pastor here uh, back in the States, and uh, it's just good to have you guys. Thanks for coming in, and uh, of course, uh, my brother, uh, Ray Stewart and Don, just love you guys. Yeah, looking forward, and you guys got to, you men, you got to be at the at the men's conference coming up November 4th and 5th. Ray's going to be there, he's going to preach, and that will be uh That'll be good, as uh, as it was at the as it was at the Bible conference. So, um, and so I want to just do this. This is uh, I want to make a plea. A uh, little. This is a little selfish on my part because it's such a good message we heard. Right, we heard about being stewards of the gospel. How important it is to be stewards of the gospel. How God obviously rewards and uses faithfulness. He uses faithful men and women who are able to teach others. Also, uh, we also saw um, Abusa Saul told us that God entrusts the gospel to those, right, who have a transformed life. Those who are transformed by it is exactly what he said. So uh, if our lives have been transformed by it, we should be transforming others' lives. And lastly, he said the gospel ministry is for all the glory of God, right? It's for all, God gets all the glory. So um, we have opportunity to assemble Bibles in the future. We know that. We're looking forward to that. We're praying for that. We're praying for uh, Pastor uh, Pallier, as he translates Pastor Saul, you had another brother. I think you got four on your pastoral team, so there's two other uh, pastors, sort of like Heartland. We've got a plurality of pastors, and uh, Pastor Pallier is the, the uh, senior pastor. But just keep praying for them. Pray for uh, what Pastor Billy Wood's doing and interfacing and all the and the heavy lifting of, of doing orphanages and, and uh, all the social activity. These guys are up against it, against, uh, you know, Muslims, that have you know seemingly unlimited resources coming out of the oil uh, wells in the Middle East to come and try to evangelize these countries, um, not to mention other uh, other <clears throat> Western or Eastern nations coming in to monopolize on these countries, um, and and we're just and we I'm saying we as I'm there with you these men are coming in with the gospel right and uh, it can seem a little lopsided and they're going by faith. And they're doing a tremendous job. Just looking at everything you're doing is incredible. And so just be in prayer for this ministry. And, of course, many of us, some of you guys are new. you just gotten saved, just gotten baptized. So you're really, you don't know who Pastor Mark Trotter was. You don't know the history, even the last couple years. But God has been working this for several years uh, to continue to advance the gospel 
in Malawi, uh, and to, among the, especially when it comes to the Chichewa-speaking peoples, also in Zambia. And so, so there's a plume of people that, that uh, when it comes to this Bible in particular, the Chichewa language that God is trying to reach in that region of Africa. And so he's assigned us the, the privilege, right? That was number one, the privilege of being able to be a part of that. But that, that privilege only comes with faithfulness as we're stewards, and we have to respond to messages like this and make sure our life is changed and we give the glory to God. So one of the things I've learned in life is that when we're faithful with what God teaches us, he'll bring fruit. And so we have a harvest party coming up, right, just in a few weeks. And this, this coming Sunday, we're going out. We're taking it to the streets. Uh, Pat's going to have food after church. We just nailed that down in the back while we were talking. And we're going to be able to apply what we've heard right here so that we can be faithful here, and then you will see what God will do there. And, and among that, he will, he will call some of us to go. He will call some of us uh, to, to take that next step in being trained in what it means to be a faithful man, whether that's discipleship one, discipleship two, HBI, right, and getting and investing and paying the price, counting the cost, and doing what it takes to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the, the glory of God, right? That's why we're here. So let's just pray about everything that we've heard and everything that we've seen and everything that we know God will do. And in the meantime, we've got to be faithful with what God's put right in front of us, right? This week, next week, tomorrow morning, tonight, right? And so I appreciate you, man. You've been traveling the country. I know you missed a grandson's birthday, I think. So I watched Facebook too. And so, uh, uh, man, uh, they're, they're, they're serious about getting the gospel where it needs to go. And we want to have partnerships, and we do have partnerships with uh, people whose lives have been changed and are serious about the gospel. So what they don't know is that God's already ordered this up because uh, Billy said it. This is the last stop. Pastor Randy knows. I know. If you've been around here for a couple decades, you know that that if you're a missionary, this is always your last stop. It just seems that way. And uh, uh, brother was, I can give you a list, like a long list of people that made, this was their last stop for whatever reason. And we always do this. We always pray over them. So I want to, I want to just uh, uh, just bring uh, Pastor Saul up and Pastor Billy, if you come up and uh, just come up here, we're going to pray over you as you guys get ready to depart. And uh, and just ask a blessing. And hey, by the way, it's nice to meet you, brother. Nice meet you, yeah. <laughs> In the flesh. Yes. Let me give you a proper hug, man. And then, uh, as you feel led, nobody, you don't have to, but if you feel led, just come on up here, and uh, we're just going to come around these guys. We're going to pray over the ministry, and uh, we're going to ask God to bless that. And uh, COVID's over technically, so. There's other diseases, but we don't walk in fear. So some are contagious and some aren't. But just trust the Lord. Get up on in here, and uh, and we're just going to pray over our brothers as we get ready to go. Now, we have some pastors in here, some other guest pastors. So I'm going to ask that uh, that uh, if you don't mind, Brother Ray, would you, would you pray? And uh, Kevin, would you mind praying, brother? And then we'll finish up, Pastor Randy, if you wouldn't mind. So let's pray. Father, Lord, we come before you today, and we're so grateful that we have a place that we can come, where there's a throne of grace, Lord, that you extend your mercy and your grace towards us, Lord, and I pray for these men. I pray for the work that goes on there, Lord, and I thank you that you've allowed me even to be a part of it, but Lord, I know what it is that they do and how dangerous that can be. So, Lord, I pray their protection. 
I pray, Lord, that you would use them in a way, Lord, that gives you the glory that is due your name, Lord. And, Lord, we love you for who you are, and we thank you for all that you're doing in the lives of these men. We pray for, for this church even, Lord, as, as the work that is going out even here uh, to prepare Bibles even for Jackson County Detention Center, Lord, uh, that's reaching the hearts of people. So we love you for who you are in Jesus' name. Father, thank you so much for the ministry that these men have declared this evening. Thank you for the churches and the people that they've been able to share that with throughout the country. Father, uh, for the lives that have been changed all over America as a result of hearing your faithfulness in these men's lives and, and what you're accomplishing there in Malawi. Father, uh, can't thank you enough for this church, the vision that they have to to take your word and to publish it and to to send it all over this world. And Father, how amazing it is to be able to have one of your servants come back and, and talk about the glory that has been wrought by their hands and their work. And we pray that your blessings would be upon them. Father, your word is so amazing. You're so amazing. And just the way you bring people together and accomplish things through folks like us that are just nothing. Lord, pray that your blessings be upon Saul and, and Billy as they continue and Jody as they go back to their families, Father. May they reflect on what you did in their lives through them. Father, may it encourage them and encourage the people back in Malawi to stay faithful and to stay, stay with it and watch you continue to work in their hearts and their ministries down there. Father, thank you for filling us tonight with your word, filling us for a vision of what our lives can be and what it should be through your power. So we pray that you'll dismiss us with your blessings now, Father. Thank you so much for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Father, as we conclude in prayer, we're just humbled uh, to know that you have entrusted uh, us uh, with the most precious thing in the world, in the universe. Lord, uh, I, I take that serious, Lord, and I know we all do, uh, that you have put your word out there that we might be able to pro propagate it. And we're thankful, Father, even even as we stand here tonight, Lord, and we, and we imagine and we realize the linkage that we have seen, Lord, of the word of God being produced and being put together in a, such a way uh, that it had been done and then shipped and then um, impacting hundreds or thousands of lives. What what an incredible thing, Lord. Just just an amazing thought that we have been able to be a part of that work. Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for trusting us. And thank you so much for so many people uh, being willing to do the work and to be a part of it, Lord, because you have motivated them to want to put the word to God together to get it out the door. Father, I thank you so much for Saul and, and the work that's going on in Malawi and the, and the impact that's happening there. And Lord, I pray, Father, that we can uh, strengthen the relationship. We pray for the, the translation of the Old Testament, Lord, that it would be quickly finished and then we could assemble it. And ship it again, and Lord, and I pray that that uh, many of us, Lord, would be able to see firsthand 
and be a part of the delivery system, putting Bibles in the hands of people who are desperate for it, Lord, and desire it. We ask, Father, for that, that you would guide us and direct us, put it in our heart, help us to pray for it daily, that it might become true, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen.